Welcome to the Real Life Cooking Podcast. I'm Kate Shaw, and this week we're going to make chicken soup, but not the kind of chicken soup you want in winter. This is light and delicious, full of spring vegetables. My uncle Keith made it recently, and I loved it so much I demanded he give me the recipe. Then, of course, I changed the recipe to fit my own tastes and budget. The recipe calls for leeks, but leeks are more expensive, so I bought spring onions. Spring onions are mildly oniony, the way leeks are, but they're much smaller. In retrospect, I probably should have bought the leeks, which were $3 compared to $1 for the spring onions, because the soup needed a little more onion flavor than the spring onions supplied. Maybe if I bought three bunches of spring onions, but then I might as well have just bought the leeks. I literally didn't measure anything in this recipe, just tossed stuff in until it looked right. The result was an excellent light soup that was nevertheless filling. You only need one pot for this recipe, although it does need a lid. I used my everyday pot and it was plenty big enough. I recommend buying boneless chicken thighs, although as I've mentioned before, you don't necessarily need to buy skinless since the skin is easy to pull off. A lot of times you can't find boneless chicken that's not also skinless, though. Start by putting a little bit of oil in the bottom of the pot, no more than a tablespoonful or so. I used olive oil, but it doesn't really matter what you use. Heat the pot to about medium and drop the chicken pieces into the pot. I like to trim a lot of the fat off the pieces with a pair of kitchen shears and drop them into the pot as I finish with each piece. Brown the chicken for a few minutes, basically just sautéing it in the oil to make sure it's starting to cook evenly all over. Push it around and turn the pieces over. If the pieces start to stick to the bottom of the pan, turn the heat down a little. Your pot is probably too small to spread all the chicken in one layer on the bottom, so make sure every piece gets some time on the bottom of the pile to get plenty of heat. After all the pieces are starting to turn whitish all over, and none of the pieces has big spaces where it hasn't been exposed to the heat, you've browned the meat. Throw some salt and pepper on them, put the lid on the pot, and let the pieces cook for three or four more minutes. Then turn the pieces over and replace the lid, and let the chicken cook for another three or four minutes. At this point, the chicken should be done. Scoop the pieces out of the pot with a spatula and remove them to a plate. Uh, You might want to cut into one and make absolutely sure it's not raw inside, but seriously, it should be done. Chicken cooks really quickly. If you were on top of things, before you even got the chicken out of the fridge, you were already cleaning and preparing your vegetables. If you didn't do it ahead of time, though, peel and chop the carrots while the chicken is cooking. You peel carrots with a potato peeler, preferably over a trash can so the strips of peel fall into the trash. Then you cut the tops off, rinse the peeled carrots, and slice them into little pieces that my grandmother referred to as pennies. If you find a recipe that directs you to scrape carrots, it just wants you to peel them. To scrape a carrot, hold the blade of a knife as though you're going to chop the carrot in half, but instead, scrape the knife down the carrot. You don't need a sharp knife for this, and I've done it with a table knife when I didn't have a paring knife handy. It works okay since carrots have very thin skin, 
but bits of carrot skin and juice just fly everywhere, and it's no faster than using a potato peeler. Throw the chopped carrots into the pot. There should be at least some moisture remaining in the pot after you remove the chicken, but if there's not, you can add just a touch of oil. Then, if you haven't already, prepare the leeks or spring onions. In both cases, you use only the white part of the vegetable, not the green part. Cut the green part off, cut the roots off, and chop up the white part in between. Spring onions are slender, so you can basically just cut them into penny shapes, or you can slice them in lengths. Leeks are thicker, so you can either dice them or slice them into lengths of any size and thickness you prefer. Throw them into the pot with the carrots. Most of the time when you brown meat in the same pot where you will make the rest of the recipe, you saute the onions at the same time as the meat. This imparts more flavor to the meat. In this recipe, though, I didn't want to remove the onions when I removed the chicken, since the chicken doesn't get returned to the pot until the soup is nearly finished. It's more important to get the onion flavor into the soup than into the meat. But if you have lots of leeks or spring onions to use up, you can throw some into the pot while you're browning the chicken, then add the rest with the carrots. I wish I'd thought to do that. I should have bought those leeks. So saute the carrots and onions for a few minutes, then put the lid on the pot and cook, stirring occasionally, until the carrots are just starting to soften. This will take a good five minutes. Check the carrots with a fork. If the fork will go into the carrot at all, they're starting to soften. Now, the recipe says to thaw your frozen peas and add them near the end of cooking, but I forgot to take the peas out of the freezer. I realized I'd forgotten while I was still sautéing the carrots and onions together, and it occurred to me that if I threw the frozen peas into the pot at that point, they'd thaw really fast, and I wouldn't have to stick them in the microwave. So I grabbed the package, tore it open, and poured a bunch of peas in on top of the carrots and onions. Then I popped the lid on the pot. This worked just fine, and the peas didn't turn to mush, which is what I was worried about. So if you want to do it this way, feel free. I am maybe not being the best role model here, but I was hungry and was making this soup after I got home tired from work. Once the carrots are starting to get tender, pour three or four cups of chicken broth into the pot and give it a good stir with a spatula making sure to scrape up any bits of vegetable stuck to the bottom. Throw in a few good shakes of dried thyme and some salt and pepper and bring the mixture to a boil. As soon as it's boiling, turn the heat way down and put the lid on. If you're using fresh peas from your garden, first of all, I'm jealous. Second of all, you probably want to add them with the broth so they will soften and cook while the broth simmers. I don't advise you to use canned peas for this recipe. Frozen peas are really cheap and hold up much better in cooking. Simmer covered until the carrots are fully tender. Give the pot a good stir with the spatula every so often to make sure nothing is sticking to the bottom of the pot. You may need to decrease the heat even more. You want the soup to cook slowly, but with just enough heat to keep the liquid moving. Depending on how tightly the lid fits on your pot and if it has a vent to release small amounts of steam, the lid may shake and sputter a little. It's messy, but nothing to worry about. While the soup simmers, wash the lettuce leaves and cut the cooked chicken into bite-sized pieces. Then, when the carrots are tender, that is, when a fork goes through the carrot piece easily, return the chicken to the pot. 
Keep the lid off and turn the heat back up. Bring the soup to a boil again, which will take several minutes. As soon as it's boiling, turn the heat off completely, but keep the pot on the burner. Basically, all you did here was warm the chicken pieces through, and the peas if you added thawed peas with the chicken. Finally, add the lettuce and parsley. I used green leaf lettuce because that's my preferred lettuce for sandwiches and stuff, but you can use romaine or red leaf lettuce if you prefer. Don't use iceberg lettuce unless that's literally all you have. Iceberg lettuce is the kind that you buy in a round head that looks superficially similar to cabbage, while romaine, green leaf, and red leaf lettuce grow in bunches and have curly edges. The easiest way to cut the lettuce up is to use a clean pair of kitchen shears. In other words, not the same pair you used earlier to trim fat off raw chicken unless you wash them first. Roll a couple of the washed lettuce leaves up into a sort of loose cylinder, hold the cylinder over the pot, and snip chunks off and let them fall into the soup. You can make the pieces as narrow or as thick as you like, but keep in mind they need to end up more or less bite-sized. Cut all the lettuce up into the soup. Yes, it looks like a ton of lettuce. I used almost all of a bunch, minus the droopy outside leaves and a few of the tiny inside leaves. But as soon as you stir them in, they wilt in the soup's heat and become much less bulky. Add the parsley if you're using it by snipping the leaves off the stems and letting them fall into the soup. Next time I make this recipe, I'll probably leave the parsley out because I didn't notice that it added all that much to the flavor, but I also didn't use as much as the original recipe calls for. You can add more if you like parsley. Serve the soup immediately while it's still good and hot. This makes a good four to six servings, depending on how big your bowls are and how hungry your diners are. It goes well with buttered toast. It's perfect for a rainy spring day when you want spring vegetables, but you also want something warm and comforting. This keeps well in the fridge for a few days. It's okay cold, but you really need to heat it up to appreciate the flavors. So if you take some in your lunch, make sure to pack it in a microwave-safe container. I made some rice to go with the leftovers to make it even more filling, pouring soup over the rice and then heating it all up in the microwave. Because soup is such a forgiving dish, you can tinker around with the recipe to fit your tastes. And since you don't really need to measure the ingredients to get a good result, you can feel like a gourmet chef while you're at it. Thanks for listening. You can find Real Life Cooking Podcast at reallifecooking.blueberry.net. That's blueberry without any ease. Now, get out there and enjoy your food.